Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Blue Devils Podcast. My name is JJ Jackson. So great to have you here with us on this Thursday, March 2nd, 2023. Duke men's basketball getting set for a game coming up on Saturday against North Carolina in Chapel Hill. We're going to talk about that game with my good pal Dustin Shue from the Devil's Den Podcast. It's going to be a remarkable conversation. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to subscribe to our show on YouTube so that you can watch Lockdown Blue Devils each and every day. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. I'm on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Your support of Lockdown Blue Devils means the absolute world to me. So thank you for everything that you do in that regard. Without further ado, let me bring on my good pal, Dustin Shu, who joins us here on the program. Dustin, I hope you're doing well, man. Man, doing as good as can be. This time of year, March, the one game left against North Carolina, then we've got the conference tournament, then Selection Sunday, and we get into the big dance. You and I, North Carolina natives, love this state so, so, so very much. What is this time of year meant to you throughout your life, man? I mean, this is the time of the year you think of the uh... – the rolling carts with the TVs on them in school, man. You know, we're we're not doing anything this week. I'm watching Wake Forest play Virginia, you know, at noon on Thursday. Right. Yeah, awesome. Let's do this. Uh, so here we are excited about what's going to happen uh, come tournament time for the Duke Blue Devils and many other teams. And, uh, yeah, just getting set for Selection Sunday, getting set for that tournament in Greensboro. It's awesome that the event is back in Greensboro once again because that just kind of adds – to the nostalgia a little bit right yeah for us north carolinians for sure i know there's yeah. people outside of here that don't particularly like it right uh being in greensboro i'm not pointing any fingers at certain coaches but you know they're i guess the oldest tenured coach in the acc or whatnot doesn't doesn't care for greensboro so it is what it is yeah no i mean i'm i'm super pumped that it's back in this state the state that uh I love so much. You do as well. And uh, really excited that this state also gets to put in another installment of the amazing Duke and North Carolina rivalry coming up on Saturday inside Chapel Hill. We'll get to that in just a moment. Our Dukies have won five games in a row. Should be six if we uh, were to factor in what happened in Charlottesville a few weeks back. But nonetheless, five in a row, man, playing really, really good basketball, Dustin. Yeah, uh, longest win streak in the ACC right now. Um you know, we're trending up and our shooting besides this last game against NC State where uh, for whatever reason, we just couldn't throw it in the ocean from behind the arc. But uh, cutting down the turnovers has been a really huge key for us. Um, even in the game against State, I think we we committed 10 turnovers as opposed to the 21 the first game. So, you know, shoring up the offense, uh, taking better shots and and, you know, being careful and precious with the ball, really. 22 and 8 overall record for Duke right now, 13 and 6 in the Atlantic Coast Conference. And it was a year uh, that Duke went unbeaten inside Cameron Indoor Stadium. First time since 2014. That's kind of crazy to think about, man. Yeah, it's crazy to think that 2014 team did it too. You know, that team <laughs> couldn't guard a statue, but somehow, you know, they got it done at home. Um, actually, I think I was, that would have been the year I, I went to the Vermont game. Uh, we almost lost a, home, a non-conference home game that year. That would have been crazy. That would have been to lose yeah. to win all the ACC ones, but to have lost a, 
uh, home game. I think Rodney Hood pretty much went coast to coast and put a layup to win, yeah. uh, you know, right down the wire. And we walked out there and was like, oh, huh. I've never, were, I've never seen a loss inside of Cameron, and that was it, the closest it, one. If you are a Duke basketball fan and you don't have – uh, the Duke basketball memory that Dustin Shue has, right? If you're not, I was at that game, so that's a lot easier to remember the ones you go just, to. But just to hear 2014 and to be able to, you know, so quickly, let's put people there: Jabari Parker, Rodney yep, Hood, yep. that team, that yep. season, one year prior to, of course, Duke winning the national championship. But it's just crazy to think about it, man, because the very next year they do win a national championship, don't go undefeated at home. You know, right. you think about the the Zion Williamson team. Doesn't go undefeated at home. Jason Tatum, Grayson Allen, all those guys Bagley, I mean, never yeah, had yeah. unbeaten uh, careers or seasons playing inside Cameron Indoor Stadium. It's been a while, and yet this team of all Duke teams in John Shire's first year as head coach got it done. It's a testament to John. It really is. I mean, he's been incredible. I know there's rumblings, you know, throughout the year early on. You know, some of us knew we, we were going to take our lumps. You just got to be patient with them. Um, you know, it wasn't fun to watch the first state game where I don't think we scored in the first 10 minutes, essentially. It was 18 to zero. And, uh, you know, I took all my Duke gear off, you know, at halftime and just, <sighs> anyways, yeah, I mean, the job that John's done uh, this year, especially uh, being able to just get it done at home has been incredible. A lot of close games at home this sure. season as yep. well. You know, when you look at, at, at Tuesday night's game this week against NC State, of course, Duke has a 12-point lead all of a sudden with two minutes left. You feel like the dagger is there. Listening to David Shoemate on the Blue Devil Network, the radio call, the pull-up jumper that Roach had at the free throw line, he called a dagger at right. the moment. And then yep. next thing you know, a flurry of three-point shots, and NC State has us all biting our nails again. I don't know if if those guys had money on the line or what because, uh, <laughs> you know, like, we just got to get it under six real quick. But um, – that's how it goes sometimes. You can't ever, you know, you got to play to the buzzer. It's just how it is in ACC play, especially State's last game of the year. You know, they were trying to win. They they just come off a really tough loss where Clemson just shelled them in Raleigh. So um, they were going to go down easy, and, and they fought the whole game. I mean, that was a tough game. They absolutely did. Let's talk a little bit more about this Duke team. Their regular season so far, one game left, and then they get set for the NCAA tournament. We do that after this timeout here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils. Locked On Blue Devils here today is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. It is, of course, passing the midway point of the NBA season, and now is the perfect time for you to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores, three-point shots drained, and so much more. Again, the no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Moving forward here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils, J.J. Jackson alongside my pal Dustin Shue from the Devil's Den podcast. Other notable Duke home games this year, of course, going unbeaten. We mentioned the close test that they had earlier in the week 
um, to, to avenge, revenge, get revenge on the loss that they had to NC State a little bit earlier. Uh, Duke beat Miami by two points at home, had some scares against Wake Forest, Notre Dame. I mean, they had some really, really close games that they had to gut it out there at Cameron. Yeah, and, uh, you know, a lot of those, I think Jeremy Roach came down, came up clutch down the stretch, and a lot of those too. Um, you know, this, this game here uh, against State was – what most people think is going to be Jeremy Roach's last game in Cameron as uh, you know, I, I think it's, it's not official, but I believe he's kind of made it known that he's going to move on to the next step, whatever that's going to be. Um, so, you know, to go out the way he did 20 points, I mean, just commanding the ball, that high pick and roll that they were running on Burns. I mean, he was just getting, getting whatever he wanted to the pull up in the mid range, getting to the rim uh, really just carrying us and doing it all. Yeah, you you think about this Duke team because that's important to point out as well. Unbeaten, and you want to think about a senior day game against NC State capping off a season, not losing a single game at home. The seniors that they recognized, four senior managers for Duke basketball were recognized. But on the floor, other than guys that are going to make NBA decisions or possibly transfer moving on, it's not like they had those senior day moments. Uh, or a senior season at Cameron Indoor this year? Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, lately I guess we haven't had a lot of seniors regardless. You know, you had your Jack Whites and Javin, uh, uh, Justin Robinson, guys like that. Um, so, you know, to to go through this year, we're just having, you know, Grandison being here for just one year. It's kind of a, you know, a, an odd thing, I guess, right. to go through. And, and Roach only being a junior, but I, I believe he is graduating after this uh, this year, so great you know, for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, those four managers too. By the way, sure. Uh, listening to the uh, the Blue Devil Network, up, they're set up for success. One of the four managers destined for a career on Wall Street. A couple of them have uh, front office gigs lined up in the NBA. Uh, they announced Adam Silver would be the commencement speaker once again at Duke. I mean, if you're part of that program, if you're affiliated with our university and, and Duke University, you're set up for some big success, man. Yeah, there's never <laughs> bad on the resume, right? Yeah. <laughs> never at all. Never at all. So uh, talking about that Duke win and and the player uh, that we want to highlight here, Jeremy Roach, the fact that that likely could have been his last game. Again, three years playing college basketball, putting together a productive career leading Duke to the Final Four a season ago. This team is playing their best basketball right now. Could be poised for another deep March run if he does decide to test the waters, start the professional career, look for other opportunities to hoop somewhere. Very thankful for what he was able to do for Duke. And here he is. He turned in five 20-point games already this season. When it didn't feel like Duke had a a, a go-to scorer, so to speak, when Falkowski is leading the way, Averaging what 13 14 points per game, Jeremy walked away with 20 games, five 20 point games. Yeah, and um, you know, we needed each one of them pretty yeah. much. Um, you know, I, like you kind of pointed to, I'm, I'm thankful Jeremy came back. He didn't have to come back. That's the thing a lot of people yeah. don't really think about. Everybody else left, we could have been left with nothing. Um, so to him to come back onto a team, brand new coach, you know, 11 new guys uh, other than Jalen. Um, says a lot about Jeremy, and I'm I'm just thankful that he did that. Uh, I don't know where we'd be without him, to be honest with you. He's been a, a, a vet and, you know, kind of led by example here. Maybe he will surprise us all and come back and, and play for Duke next year. 
you just don't know. You got to wait and see. Tyrese Proctor, another guard that's got a big decision to make. And then there are more guards coming in. We're spending way too much time talking about next year. Sure. Yeah, it's yeah. the best time of year in yep. March. You're right. You're and there's right. still a lot Living to the be now. playing for. Living the now, indeed. Uh, I think Tyrese Proctor has been playing his best ball this time of year. Oh, I mean, Proctor <laughs> was just unbelievably – you know, he's become such a great two-way player. Um, the the job he did on on Baby T, on to Kerwin – I can't even say his name, but uh, Smith, the other, Smith, yeah, Turquavian yeah. Smith, yeah, um, was I think he was in his head. You know, they showed him getting chippy. Obviously, uh, might have you know baited him into a little uh, technical dead ball technical, but you know he was just in his head and in his chest all game. And I think you know he did the same thing to Couture when we played Virginia Tech. Um, he's just been really you know pressuring and and uh, fighting, fighting his butt off through all those screens that, it, that he, you know, has to run through every game. So shouts to Proctor, man. He's been, he's been amazing here lately. Locked on Blue Devils here today. J.J. Jackson alongside my pal Dustin Shu from the Devil's Dead podcast getting you set for Duke and North Carolina coming up this weekend. I know that you guys always put out brand-new content talking about Duke basketball on your podcast, and it's the best time, Dustin. Tell me a little bit about the show and, and uh, again, how excited you are for this game coming up on Saturday. Yeah, so uh, the guys, uh, I believe they did, they spoke with Brennan Marks uh, the other day when I was awesome. in, uh, down your way in Mississippi. So um, they got that one coming out soon, and then we're going to be talking about the Carolina game. Obviously, that's going to be a big game coming up, uh, what that can mean for us, what it can mean for them. Um, but, yeah, find us on uh, Apple, Spotify, whatever, uh, your podcast platform that you choose. I love it. Devil's Den, leave us a five-star rating and review, and, and then leave me a five-star rating and review as well here uh, for Lockdown Blue Devils. Taking on North Carolina earlier this season, Derek Lively has four points, but he has 14 rebounds and eight blocks. That's the impressive numbers for his performance. What are you expecting in this rematch with the Tar Heels? Yeah, I mean, this one, I don't know if they've kind of found something by accident. You know, the the last game, Baycott got into foul trouble, and um, they played small and hit what was it, 14, 15 threes all of a sudden um, for the, you know, the the worst three-point shooting team in the ACC. <laughs> they've kind of shot the ball well the last couple of games, so, you know, they're trending in, the, in that direction. So we're going to have to have Lively as someone that can, they can guard out on the perimeter and kind of chase down, uh, you know, a, a, even – R.J. Davis or something, you know, if you get switched on him, I think he can at least uh, keep his hand up and make it hard to shoot over him. Uh, what about the fact you talk about this Duke team looking for X factors? Derek Lively had such a big game. Obviously, Tyrese Proctor, I I've been a big fan of his all season long. Still waiting for the massive Jaden Shoot moments that are going to come in the next few years. I can't wait for that to happen. But what about Mark Mitchell, man? 12-1 and one is Duke's record when he scores in double figures, and a lot of those wins have been coming recently. Yeah, I mean, Mark's kind of uh, a do-it-all guy, right? He's going to rebound, defend, uh, can score. Um, when he's being aggressive, uh, you know, when he's not just being another guy out on the court, when he's get, catching the ball and really putting the defense in a, in a you know, position that they have to make a decision, come up on him, he can, you know, drop it off. He's been going strong. Uh, need him to finish a couple more, but, um, you know, if he gets to the free throw line, he's been knocking them down. I, I, I think uh, – we definitely want him to score double figures. What do you say? It's 12 and one. So 12 and one. Yeah. yeah. Give me 10 at least. Yeah. There was a, uh, a Trevor Keel stat like that last year. That yep. if, if Trevor got to like, I think it was 14 points or, or one of those numbers 
that Duke's record was just outstanding when he was able to become a big scorer for Duke. So it's funny how that happens when, yeah, when some of those you, guys that are such a big part of your team, but not necessarily for the point scoring, but when they do that, how much greater the team's success is. Yeah. And well, you know, for Mark, he's such a low volume guy. He doesn't really take a lot of shots. Great so point. his efficiency is, you know, normally through the roof for us. Um, if he's going to score six of six of eight or something like that, that's, you know, that's what you need. Great point. So here we are with Duke. Obviously, uh, we mentioned the 13-6 and record. We know now, Dustin, when we get set for the ACC tournament next week in Greensboro, there is no way whatsoever, no scenario, that Duke finishes worse than the fifth seed in the ACC tournament. They can, however, finish as high as second. What does that mean to you? (sighs) Um, You know, like I said, John's first year, I was hoping for, uh, you know, one to four finish, uh, which we would be had, you know, some officiating uh, discrepancies been taken Different care of. Charlottesville. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. So, I, you know, I don't want to get anybody in trouble. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you you look back at that, you look back at the Virginia Tech game that we could have won, the Clemson game that we could have won. Um, you know, there's a lot of should and could have. But uh, overall, you know, the the season we've had, I've, I've been really impressed with with what John's been able to do. Now that Duke is, you know, the longest winning streak in the ACC, they have played close and competitive games against the teams ahead of them in the standings, even beat a team like Pitt, who's ahead of them in the standings right now. I mean, what matchup wise, like, is there is there any team ahead of Duke that you would be most concerned about? Like, how are you feeling about Duke's chances going into Greensboro? Um, Miami, Miami is going to be a tough. That's the, that you know, just the way they spread they you out. Are. They always are. Uh, the good news is it would be in Greensboro. Um, hopefully, we would have a, a big contingency of fans there. Yeah, gosh, we'd uh, hope. Yeah, yeah. Um, although, if Carolina's still alive, you know, those guys are rooting against us. So <laughs> you always have that that aspect anytime we play in Greensboro, Raleigh, or Charlotte. Um, there's going to be more Carolina fans, and whoever Duke's playing, they're going to be pulling for them. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, Miami scares me uh, probably the most out of any of those teams. Other than that, I think I'd like to meet any of them, to right. be honest with you. Yeah, no, I'm in the same boat, and I think the Stoop team is going to prove a lot of people wrong come March. I mean, we got to see how the bracket shapes out. Really interested to see NCAA tournament picture, where Duke ends up in all of this. But, boy, I tell you what, it's a good feeling knowing that you're playing your best basketball this time of year. There are so many other teams that have been kind of in that picture uh, all season long, and they're on, you know, losing five of seven or losing, you know, their last three of whatever. At least Duke is playing their best ball at the right time of year. Yeah, and, you know, it's a testament to just how John's brought the team along, you know, early in the season. You weren't getting much from Lively. Uh, Whitehead, obviously, him and Lively were injured throughout a lot of it, but uh, the freshmen have really been coming along, and it's really starting to come together at the right, right time. I love it. Can't wait to see what Duke is able to do coming up on Saturday. You feeling good? I mean, the last time we were in the Smith Center, it was Coach K's last visit to the Dean Dome. Anything you remember that you want to bring up here from that game? Uh, and then and then just one final thought about I, I mean, that. obviously, AJ was just unbelievable that That's game. True. He had like 28, <laughs> yeah. 29. So, he was awesome, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think they put Leaky on Paulo, so that allowed AJ – to just to go crazy. Go crazy. Yeah. So, you know, they put Leaky on flip this game. Maybe Dorit comes out and, you know, gets hot um, or vice versa. They put in Leaky on Dorit or uh, Mitchell. Uh, they probably wouldn't do that, but somebody's just got to, you know, 
hit some shots. Yeah. We got to shoot better thank, than two of 19. Thank you for reminding me of that. That was the A.J. Griffin oh, game. Yeah. 27. I'm looking at the left-handed points. dunk down oh, the yeah. middle. Oh, that man. was awesome. Woo. That was good stuff. Chills Can't about wait. That one. Hopefully we get more awesome memories like that coming up on Saturday yes, when Duke takes on North Carolina. Dustin, you're the absolute best. Thanks again for stopping by and being on the podcast. Anytime, brother. That's my pal Dustin Chu joining us here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils. Big one coming up on Saturday. Duke and North Carolina from the Dean Dome. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you, man. Good day.